All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. Jack left town. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. in my office and I heard a rocket. Describe the rocket, sir. Does this mean we're not friends anymore? DJ Newis with you on the Metal Tavern Radio Podcast. Hope you all are doing well. A lot to get to today. Uh, Still writing solo. Uh, DJ Neko is still out, but she will be back in probably another week or so. But for now, holding down the fort. Uh, Got some new stuff from Sorcery, Visceral Discourge, Ill Disposed. Also got some... What we got? Kill Switch Engage, uh, Dead Space, Isolee, and Hammerfall. Uh, as well as some other older stuff in there for you guys um, and gals. Uh, in the Rock Plot, got a little bit of Allison Change, Ghost of the Sabertooth Tiger, Hawkeyes, Def Leppard, and much more. And then, as far as topics are confirm, uh, concerned, I've got uh, all sorts of shit that I'm going to get to today. Um, I won't get to it all right now, but I uh, will be dabbling into some of my favorite kung fu movies, martial arts movies. Uh, there's a couple of trailers I want to talk about with Star Wars and Joker. And also, WWE, like, again, as I told you last time out, like, I don't really keep up with it that much, but I always see, like, the updates on the news feeds and whatnot. So I, I got some questions for you regarding that for you that are bigger fans than I am. And then I'm going to get to a little bit later on about sensitivity in the metal industry. And it, it actually kind of goes abroad to many different things outside of that comedy or whatever. I'm going to dive into a lot of that. Uh, I just want to get your guys' take on like what, you, what your feelings are about this stuff that I'm going to talk about. Um, it's interesting, to say the least. And it, it kind of shows you what's going on in our current culture and the you know the scene that we have now what's going on there with some of those 
interesting issue. So uh, anyway, we're going to start getting into the music first. Uh, I'm going to kick off this first block. It has Sorcery and Visceral Discord in it, but I'm going to kick it off with a song that's DJ Neko's, one of her favorite songs from Blood Red Throne called Homicidal Ecstasy. It's not too sensitive, is it?
road from venues, a questionable band from Chile, and you are listening to Metal Paper Radio. Alright, DJ Nibbles, back with you on Metal Tavern Radio Podcast. So, if you don't know by now, I'm a pretty big fan of that fat samurai guy, that's P-H-A-T. He's a YouTube personality who talks a lot about movies with his partner and co-host, Lady Fat Blood. Uh, obviously, they're into a lot of fantasy and martial arts films. Uh, I found them when I was first waiting for Godzilla King of the Monsters. They're as big fans of the you know, genre as I am, and even more so with the martial arts movies and whatnot. So... Anyway, the other day he was posting about some martial arts films, and then he brought up... I brought up whether or not he had seen the, seen the uh, Ip Man uh, movies with Donnie Chen, and he had, and he said, asked me if I was excited for Ip Man 4, which I didn't even know it was existing yet, so I'm really happy about that. But it got me to thinking, you know, what are some of my favorite martial art films? Because like, I'm, I'm really into the genre itself. And I've been a fan since I discovered Bruce Lee when I was like in my like seven or eight years old back in the seventies when you know he already passed on by then, but certainly uh became a fan from that and then just the films in general. There's so many out there that I felt that were really good. And even some of the films that are unconventional martial arts films that maybe do more with like gunfights or more diverse storylines and I'll get to some of that in a little bit as far as some of my favorite films in that area but some of my favorite films and ironically most of them generally come from the Shaw Brothers who did a lot of them the first film that I totally fell in love with top to bottom was Five Deadly Venoms uh, but the other, there's a lot of other films from the same guys that do that and one of them is The Kid with the Golden Arm uh, then they have just a bunch of other films over the years. Enter the Dragon with Bruce Lee, the Briar with White Hair movies, uh, the Bloodstained Sword, Shinobi, uh, as I discussed, the Ip Man series with Donnie Chen, Anbok, um, Tony Jaa, who's starting to make his way into some of the more mainstream stuff now. Uh, then you go back to like uh, Bloodsport with John Claude Van Damme, uh, Kiss of the Dragon, Jet Li. There's even a classic movie. I can't remember the guys, the actors uh, involved with that film. It was called Ninja Turf. It was like an early 80s uh, movie that my wa- my wife found on some DVD somewhere. I don't know how she came across it, but she found it, and I was so happy. Uh, Bangkok Revenge, The Storm Warriors, uh, Five Fingers of Death. Those are some of my favorite actual martial arts movies. There's many more, obviously. Uh, then you get into a little unconventional stuff that people may or may not consider actual straight-up martial art films, but uh, I've talked about this before. One of my all-time favorite films is Brotherhood of the Wolf. Uh, Mark Disgaskis, uh, who's in that, uh, is one of those guys that's had a, you know done movies in martial arts and whatnot for a long time. Uh, then there's movies like The Man from Nowhere and The Replacement Killers uh, with Chow Yun-Fat. And, uh, yeah, you know... They're not always straight up martial arts films, but they they definitely have those that vibe and feel about it. And a lot of those are my favorites. So 
as I've said before, you know, anytime you guys want to hit me up in the comments, you know, let me know what some of your favorites are. Maybe I haven't seen something you have. Uh, I'd be glad to check them out. I'm always looking for fresh ideas and, and recommendations. So certainly if you know any films that you think that I have to see that I may not have, then shoot them out to me. All right, so we're going to dive back into the music. Uh, Gonna kick this block off with some new ill disposed. It's called With Hate. Yeah. 
everybody, this is Angelo, this is David, and this is Mr. Creamy from Hadiwa, and you are listening to Metal Radio. It's in DJ Newis back with you on the Metal Ram podcast. That was sound clip from the newest trailer for Star Wars 9 The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, much to dive into with this. Uh, look, uh, the first obviously, the first three that ever came out way back in the day, I was a big fan of. Then they did the which was actually considered uh, chapters one through three, which came out in the 90s. Um, those weren't bad. I know they were a little hit or miss in certain spots, but I thought Revenge of the Sith was actually really good, done very well. Uh, now, of course, we have, uh, the brand new, uh, series, the three following those. And the first two, uh, Force Awakens and, um, the one after Last Jedi, I just I did not really like at all. Um, not anything really to do with the actor so much as it was just very poor story writing. And, and it's kind of weird because the the spinoffs like uh, Rogue One, Solo, I enjoyed those films a lot. So for some reason, the first two of this particular trilogy just isn't really clicking with me. However, the trailer for this one, uh, Rise, seems much stronger, and I, I mean, it doesn't really necessarily mean it's going to be any good, like, it could just be another flop for me, but I'll go ahead, like, I couldn't even make it through Last Jedi. I got through, like, maybe 30 or so minutes before I just had to turn it off. I just, it was so bad. Uh, and I know a lot of people kind of felt the same way. But, you know, again, here we are with this being the third of the trilogy, and then there's this other one. Disney now owns all this, so a lot of people think that has a lot to do with it. I'm not really sure if that's the case, because they also own Marvel, and Marvel's been doing very well. 
Uh, I think it's just it's just a matter of the actual writing process, the scripts and, and all that stuff. Um, but like I seen the trailer for the series they're gonna have on their channel when they've done they start up uh, regarding Boba Fett, and that looks fucking amazing. So it's just a matter of really who's writing these stories and how they're bringing them along and hopefully this will rebound strong enough to finish what the other two couldn't do in my opinion for me uh and and if obviously you only heard the sound clip so you didn't get to see the actual video I mean, i'm sure people have seen it by now if you're fans of this franchise but uh they had some flashbacks to all the other movies and i kind of wish they would have put them in order would have made a little more sense just for us who are a little more uh OCD about that kind of stuff, but but the music and what the scenes they show were really nice and really cool. So that kind of brings it all together. So I'm really hoping for the best with this particular film. Uh, if not, I'll look forward to the Bubble Fett series. I'll probably end up getting Disney because of the Marvel stuff being on there and everything because they got some other spinoffs with like Falcon and Winter Soldier that I've talked about before. So I'm excited for a lot of that. Anyway, another uh, trailer that's been released, or at least uh, added trailer. These are both uh, trailers that are the second in the series or final ones. Uh, there's another one for uh, a movie called Joker, and it's based around, obviously, the Joker from uh, DC Comics. Uh, but this is just particularly about Joker himself. It's a backstory of how he became who he is, Arthur Fleck. And it's portrayed by Walcon Phoenix. And, you know, I'm torn. It looks really good, really interesting. But I'm, I'm wondering if a part of it's taken a little bit too seriously. I don't know. Um, I discussed it with another guy who's a big comic book fan and whatnot. And he says that some of my concerns will be answered with the film based on stuff that he's read. So uh, I probably will check this out. Um, there's already talk of Phoenix maybe getting an Oscar for the performance. It's a lot of hype going behind it, so I hope it doesn't uh, let down in that regard. I really want to love this film, so it looks interesting. I am I am very interested in it, so for those that have not seen it or heard about it, uh, it is a movie called Joker uh, based around the actual character and how he becomes who he is. Like He's just beaten down and just fractured society as really fucked him over and he's finding his way to fuck them back over so it's gonna be interesting no doubt about it all right back to some music uh in the next block i have some new stuff from a band called helvatron out of texas uh so i got one track but we're gonna start with um two classics for me uh from fan and also western this is fendo with exile's journey
with your Meltdown Radio podcast. That was some, uh, Kelvatron. Not too bad, eh? Uh, they got kind of a Ruins of Beveraz vibe. I was actually really digging it. And ironically, I'm playing some Ruins a little later in the show, so you'll get to hear some of that as well. Alright. It's time for the Rock Block. Got some cool shit lined up for you. Uh, got some L7, Hawkeyes, new stuff from them, Def Leppard, and Life of Agony as well as some other stuff. Going to kick it off, though, with some Alice in Chains. And this is actually post-Lane Staley, so this is the new singer, which technically I've listened to the records they put out with this guy, and he's actually very good. So if you thought that Alice in Chains was dead or not, uh, they are still kicking ass, and... I haven't really kind of missed a beat. The, the, the albums they put out was really fucking good. So, here's one of those tracks called Last of My Kind. I'll be back in a little bit. <laughs>
there, this is Hugo Flores from Factory of Dreams and you're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Enjoy the music.
Here's Patrick from the Canadian Festival of and Reanimators, and you're listening to Middle Tavern Radio. I DJ Nibbles back with you on Metal Time Radio, the podcast that ends our rock block for today. Uh, that was a little bit of Life of Agony with Tangerine. So I want to dive into some more WWE stuff. Um, I know I talked about this a while back, but not a huge fan. I uh, haven't been in a long time. But uh, and I think what I'm going to talk about next probably is one of the reasons why, like, Within the last decade, I'd say that the WWE has not been as near as interesting. I know it still has a large fan base, but I don't find many of the wrestlers and their characters all that interesting for the most part. And then some of the other stuff that we see going on, such as the thing I want to talk about with, like, apparently there's a rumor that Undertaker will face Sting at WrestleMania 35, but I often wonder... Are they just trying to milk the blood out of the stone further? Like, at this point, they're dragging these old wrestlers back into the fold. And it's like, even Triple H, who helps run WWE now, like, even he's out there wrestling still. It's like, these older guys are trying to carry this company forward when really it should be all the young bloods doing that. And there's just... The charisma or whatever is just not there. There's just no interesting characters for me when it comes to the WWE. And so it's like, how entertaining can it really be to watch guys in their 60s and 70s wrestle? Like, it's just ridiculous. I understand that these are longtime favorites. Undertaker was one of my favorites growing up. But, you know, if this, if this match happened 20, 25 years ago, it'd be fucking awesome. But now you're dragging these carcasses out there, trying to get them to keep this franchise afloat. And it's like, has it just lost its mojo? You know, I, I just, I don't know. Like, it's just ridiculous. And I don't know. What are your thoughts on it? I mean, it, it makes no sense to me to keep dragging these older guys out there. It's like, at some point, you've got to find the talent to carry this shit. And I think really, which is sad, is the women's division is actually more interesting than the men's at this point. Uh, anyway, still, still to come, I got some Unleashed, uh, Carpathian Forest, Nunslaughter, some Ruins of Beverass, and some brand new stuff from Hammerfall. But right now we're going to kick off with some brand new stuff from Killswitch Engage. Never been the biggest fan of these guys, but the new album was pretty solid. I mean, I don't know how much I would listen to it, but for what type of metal it is, it's, it works for me. But give it a listen. This is called Unleash, surprisingly.
Elbow with the Bandy Thorn. You're listening to the Hordes of Chaos only on Metal Tavern Radio. Pump it. Alright, DJ New is back with you on Metal Tavern Radio. Finished up that last block with a band called Anger Seat from Hungary. Uh, their 2016 release, The Proclamation, was one of my favorites of that year. So, good, good, good stuff there. Alright, I am going to dive into some stuff that can be very controversial and can be off-putting, but I'm going to try to explain my stance as best as I can. I don't want to, like, drag on and on and on about it, but... A week or so ago, I saw some news regarding a, a, a hip-hop duo from South Africa called, called Die Atward. Now, I'm not a big hip-hop fan at all, really. Uh, I do dabble in different types of music here and there. Obviously, rock and metal is my, my all-time favorite. That's what I focus on. But I saw a video from this duo probably a year or so ago called the ugly boy or something like that and even though the song was meh I thought their aesthetic as far as their look was kind of interesting apparently they're kind of avant-garde experimental um, as far as like their lyrics what they're trying to push as far as an image so it was interesting to say the least now it's going to tie into some metal stuff here in a minute but Apparently, recent news about this group is that they were caught on video uh, basically spitting and yelling slurs at a gay guy from another band that had pissed them off. So they were getting labeled as homophobic and all this other stuff. Now, it's possible they are. I don't know much about them. But the one thing that kind of bothers me about the... The outrage, immediate outrage that you see a lot in this current climate is that you can't take everything in one manner versus another. So, in other words, if someone of like a race or a sex or gender uh, pisses you off so much that you're so angry that you're going to yell things that you may not even really mean but you know they hurt them, it doesn't necessarily make you racist or sexist or anything else. I think that's a silly comparison to make. That's my personal opinion on that. If someone does something to wrong me, and I'm really angry about it, and I'm let's say I'm not even getting physical or I'm not spitting at them or anything, but if I know you're gay or if I know you're black or a person of color, and I know that if I say certain trigger words that will like make you upset, I might do that. Now, if you think that makes me a racist or sexist, then that's your prerogative. I can't control that. However, I know that in my own personal life who I am, uh, how I treat people of all races, all sexes, all genders, whatever. And I have friends in all those <clears throat> areas. So it's like, as long as you're treating me with respect, I'm going to treat you with respect. But doesn't mean that if you're going to piss me off or make me angry that I might not say something to be mean-spirited because I'm angry about what you did. It doesn't necessarily make me right in terms of how I uh, deal with something. But it just shows that humans in general have emotions and sometimes they can get the better of them. Now, 
again, I don't want to say that this duo isn't uh, homophobic in any way. I, they, they claim to have people in their own band that are gay, so I don't know. But then we go to another thing that I discovered with a, a couple of years earlier with them is that the guy of the duo, uh, Ninja, apparently is being accused of rape and sexual, uh, I guess, child uh, trafficking. Um, I don't know how much of that is true either. Uh, the one girl that made the claim is also a rapper or hip-hop girl. And one of her latest videos, like, tears into this guy about some tweets that he was sending and all sorts of stuff. But let me dive into the other part that I discovered yesterday uh, in Death Metal. Okay, so Kerrang! releases uh, an article via uh, Relapse on their Facebook page about how some of the modern death metal bands are straying away from talking about, you know, cutting up limbs, uh, hurting women, uh, generally women are the targets of <clears throat> horror movies and also a lot of the old school death metal bands. So, uh, apparently, like, I listened to the new Devourment record, it's alright. Um, I wasn't turned off because of any of the lyrical change in what they've done. I didn't even, I wasn't even aware of it at the time until I read the article, but... Apparently, some bands are making the change from the lyrics that they once used early on to more PC-oriented lyrics because they feel like, in their way, in their mind, that they would be endorsing violence against women or whatever. I, I totally and 100% disagree with that. Um, my question is, if you're taking death metal that seriously, that you're buying into the lyrical content so closely like that, especially when a lot of it's off the wall and crazy, then there's a deeper issue with you or the listeners in general with handling that kind of uh, lyrical content. And that and that stretches across all bands. That goes to uh, black metal bands and the occult, um, even some of those black metal bands that talk about white nationalism or whatever. I'm not... A Christian, I'm not a Satanist, I'm not anything like, but I can listen to black metal and like understand that that's their artistic creation that they've created and that's their vision of what they want. Whether or not they actually believe in what they write, I don't know. Some do, some don't. So a lot of it's for shock value, same with death metal. Um, there is a difference, and I, and I use this as a caveat, okay? Um, there's a difference between the individual or individuals and how they treat women versus what they are expressing in their music. Now, a uh, good example of this is Varg Verkans of Burzum, okay? I've never been a huge Burzum fan anyway. There are a couple tracks that I like, mostly the ambient stuff. I don't think Varg is, like, the pillar of the community. Uh... Now, this guy murdered another musician way back when, Euronymous, and, you know, he has a lot of racial views and racist views, and, like, to me, that makes him a piece of shit in that regard because I think he's ignorant. However, uh, a band that may not share those views but actually speaks about it, and I know, like, Argelson, uh, back in the day... They were singing about racism through a historical context. Now, some say they were racist as individuals as well. I don't know, but I'm just saying that if a band comes out 
and they're expressing whatever through their lyrics but don't necessarily hold those views themselves I don't think they should be labeled as racist or sexist or whatever uh, I think it's up to the listeners in general to pick and choose what they can handle like in terms of like if you don't want to hear about white nationalism great I'm not a big fan of it either uh, there's not many bands that I listen to that sing about that stuff but you know if someone wants to listen to it and they can separate the the lyrics from real life and not take it over overtly seriously then that's okay I don't have a problem with that because I do believe that in the, in the at the end of the day Bands and artists should have the right to express themselves freely. And again, it's up to the listeners and the audience to discern and decide what it is they would rather listen to. So if you don't like any of that stuff, don't listen to it. That's fine. But if you're going to be like Karani and write articles about how, and I just think it's disingenuous to sit there and allude to the fact that these death metal bands like Cannibal Corpse broken hope and all these guys back in the day are somehow creating this violent environment for women i disagree with that and i think that if there's any violence against women it's you have to hold the the individuals accountable for that okay the real the reality is there are some real pieces of shit out there for men and there is violence against men as well uh even though in society we have like this double standard when it comes to women female on male violence um but at the end of the day, nobody can force you to be that piece of shit. At the end of the day, that's your own call. So another band that was mentioned in that article was Abonality. And uh, I love that band a lot. And Malika is like one of the best female vocalists out there. So, you know, with, if, even if they're coming across with a more, I guess, feministic viewpoint... With their death metal brand of death metal, then that's fine. I can respect that. I still love the band. I still love the records. The new record is one of my favorite of the year. So it's not deterring me away from them because of their own personal views on sexism or whatever. I just have to make it clear that you have to be able to separate the individual from the art. And if you're upset about a guy like Varg, I get it. It makes sense. So I can. It makes sense that you wouldn't even listen to his stuff. I'm fine with that. However, if I don't like Varg or like a couple of songs from Burzum, I don't think that's making me endorse him any. I just think that a couple of songs are good. You can still say, okay, this guy's a shithead, but he's talented shithead. Uh. I mean, at the, the bottom line of all this is, have we gotten so overly sensitive about stuff that now that we have to recheck ourselves? Because I've always viewed metal in general as rebellious and fighting against the norms. And so, how far do we push this envelope? We've already seen it somewhat filter through movies where it's become more about political agendas than it does about the actual entertainment part of it. Uh, recently, Dave Chappelle, Sticks and Stones on Netflix, you know, he's got his new comedy up there, and he's pushing buttons, and people are pissed off about it, but I'm like, it's comedy, okay, now I understand, if you're one of those that he's poking fun of, which is having to be everybody, actually, but if you're one that's 
he's poking fun of, then don't watch it. You know, if it's not for you, if you've had, if you're someone who's been molested, that's one of the things he brings up about Michael Jackson. One, if you've been molested, that's not for you. And I can see why that would be uncomfortable for you. However, not everybody's in that same box. And so we can still take what is serious and still have a humor side to it because if we can't laugh at ourselves about some of the dumbest things or the most atrocious things that we ever face, then there's something wrong. So I just don't want to see us getting to the point where like, we're now forcing bands to, or other artists to, rethink what they feel in their hearts they want to do. Now, devourment, if they change their lyrical content just because they wanted to, great. But if they're doing it because of some sort of peer pressure, then that's kind of weak. And I, and I just, it's sad. Um, now, there's a difference between what is being done in the art, in the music, and all that, versus what I saw happen to uh, a Facebook friend of mine. She's a good, talented singer. Uh, she was apparently hired by a band to front them, black metal band. And I'm not going to bring up any names because I don't have permission from her to do that. I'm just going to leave it at what I'm doing. But apparently the band was playing a bit of a joke on her, a prank. and But it was, it was so more serious because of the cruel things that people were saying to her online. Uh... That is real sexism there, folks, okay? That's when you have people who are doing things uh, purposely to hurt others. Um, if you have a band like Lividity and a song called Gut to Slut Before I Fuck, uh, I can't take that seriously on any level. Like, it's it's not... I even posted on the Facebook thread that video and made a comment that's what me and my wife make love to, which we don't, but I was just being sarcastic because... It's so outrageous and out there that I just can't take it seriously. However, when I see what happened to my friend uh, regarding her hopes and dreams being crushed by guys who thought they were being cute, when really they were just being assholes, uh, that's real sexism there, folks. That's the real problem there. That's where, But that's where we separate the individuals from the music. So I'm just going to leave you with this, like, it, we're all accountable for our own selves. And I don't care if Devourment of Abnormality or any of these other bands want to start changing their direction lyrically. If that's what they truly believe it makes them feel better about themselves or whatever. That's their choice. I'm fine with that. If the music's good, I'm, I'm down with it. I'm fine with that. Uh, like I said, I'm not a Christian or a Satanist, but I like black metal and I like some Christian bands. So it's not for me. I can separate the two. Okay. Uh, if the music's good and I enjoy it, that's all that really matters to me. Uh, obviously, if you're a real piece of human being, then that's where I can draw the line and say, well, I don't need to like listen to your stuff or even purchase it. Just It's a personal choice on my end. All right, enough of that. So, next block, got some Carpathian Forest and Nunslaughter, but we're going to kick off some brand new stuff from Dead Space as time moves backwards. Only a heap of broken images where the sun beats. 
Hi, this is Isaac Goldsmith. This is Jonathan West from Exhortation. You're listening to Metal Tavern Radio.
right, DJ Nibble is back with you on Metal Tavern Radio Podcast. About ready to close out another edition of the Hordes of Chaos. I want to thank you all for tuning in. Hope you all enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed the topics, uh, as always. And as I said before, got anything you want to comment on, let me know your thoughts, um, opinions, whatever. I'll take it. It's fine. Um... Also, as I said before, if you got any recommendations, like four movies, of course, when you want to talk about that, but any music you want to hear on any future episodes of Hordes of Chaos, uh, let me know. Uh, if not, I'm going to assume that I'm doing a pretty good job with it. Um, I'm going to leave you with one track here that's uh, from Hammerfall. Yes, they're still around. Uh, and it wasn't too bad. The record was pretty solid. Um Again, like with the power metal stuff, like I have certain bands that I really like more than others. As a genre, it's not one of my strongest areas that I like all that much, but occasionally I'll come across records that are really fucking good. Um, Hammerfall has a, some pretty good tracks throughout their catalog that I like, and uh, this comes off their latest release. It's called Never Forgive, Never Forget. Talk to y'all later. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Peace out.
never forgive, never forget Never forgive, never forget